uh, right after Thanksgiving, the first week in December. So we had a big chunk, like four weeks between fall and winter quarter. And so there's enough time to get a job. The kind of job you can get with two or three weeks is not exactly a resume builder, but you could, you could make a little money. And one Christmas, I, I'm not sure why, I got a job as working the night shift, four to midnight, as a cashier at Toys R Us on Barrett Parkway. It's the second worst job I ever had. The worst was the next Christmas when I worked at Honey Baked Ham. But I bet some of y'all have a Honey Baked Ham in your refrigerator, so I'll keep those memories to myself. Um, at Toys R Us, you know, just the, this was in 19, I think it was maybe 95, 96, something like that. It was pre-internet commerce. So if you wanted something, you went to a store, a real store, and you got it off the shelf and you went and paid for it. So the money that came through was just obscene. People would spend 500 a $1,000, $1,500, $2,000 at a trip at Toys R Us. It's in Neiman Marcus. It's Toys R Us. You need a trailer to get $2,000 worth of stuff out of Toys R Us. But people would do that routinely. Guys would come in and just, you know, they'd say, I just cashed my whole check and spend toys. And the summer that I was there, kind of the it toy, it was a white Power Ranger Megazord. It cost $39.95. I don't remember anything, and that is drilled into my mind. People would sell them in the parking lot for $200. They would buy two or three from us and then go outside and sell them for $200. And... We kind of had, we had training on what to do around these toys. How, not to take bribes if people wanted to know when the shipments were coming in, what to do with disgruntled customers, how to handle people who were jostling for position to get the toys. The stock boys were in full riot gear when they would take these things out. <laughs> Again, there's no, like this is it. You, you can't order them anywhere. You've got to come to the store and get them. And it was nuts. And I was thinking about that and, on the positive side, if you want to look at that in the best light, there are a lot of people who would go to extreme lengths to give their kids a gift that they really wanted. If you look at it in the best possible light, parents were willing to do just about anything, even punch another parent, in order to give their kids this toy that either they'd promised them or that they really wanted. And I was thinking about that. You've heard this verse maybe um, 100,000 times. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I read that that's the most translated sentence in the history of the world. It's been translated into more languages than any other sentence, period. I don't know if that's true, but it should be true. That's the most important sentence ever written. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, shall not die, but have eternal life, shall live forever. There's nothing more important ever written than that sentence. That one sentence tells you everything that you need to know. It tells you how God feels about you, what his attitude, what his disposition is towards you. God so loved the world. Some of you have heard that God loves you since you were three. Some of you have never heard it. Some of you have heard it, and it's never really gotten into the core of who you are. Here at Stonebridge, we talk all the time that we live out of our hearts, out of the center of who we are. If that truth that God loves you hasn't gotten in there, then it's not affecting the way you live. And once it does get in there, it will affect the way you live more than anything else. Some of us think if our circumstances changed, our life would be better. If I'm single, if I got married, if I don't have kids, if I, if I had them, if I had them, if I had different ones, if I got a promotion. We think about all these different things that would make our life better, and those things might make your life better. But nothing will impact the way you live more than this reality. 
that God loves you. If that gets in here and you begin to live out of that, it will have a greater impact on how you live than anything else, than all of those things, cumulatively. God so loved the world. You also see there God's plan for everyone. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not die but live forever, shall not die but have eternal life. Some people think God is indifferent about our faith. He's far from indifferent. He has a lot invested. He's invested more in us than we've invested in ourselves. His desire is, shall not die, but have eternal life. Second Peter 3, nine says, God doesn't want anyone to perish. That's why we're still here. He's being patient, waiting on as many people as will to come to him. He never forces us, but he gives us opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to open this gift that Penny was talking about, to receive this present, this gift of Jesus into our life. He's far from indifferent. He is so for you that he wants to be with you forever. You want to be with anybody forever? That's how much he is for you, that he has gone through to extreme lengths in order to make it possible for you to be with him forever. And that's another thing that we see in this is God's provision for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, this idea of being with you, this, this idea of loving you, it's not just something in his head. He's done something about it. He's put a plan into motion. He's invested in this. He gave his only son. Those of you with kids, who would you give your kid for? Every one of you is somebody's son. You're somebody's daughter. Who would your parents have given you for? God gave his son for you and for me. That's how invested he is in us. That's the length that he's gone to in order to be in a relationship with us. I was thinking about that with Christmas. My box isn't as pretty as Penny's, so I'm not a good rapper. So this is, um, there are a lot of people that want the benefits of Christianity. There are things that come with being a Christian that are wonderful, and that, that's good, but the deal is those things are, you've got to open the, the, the first gift, the greatest gift first. It's Jesus. And I actually think it's appropriate that this is a plain box because he's unassuming and he's easy to miss and it's easy to overlook him and there's not a big spotlight. It's, Look at me, it's the prettiest present under the tree. You've got to get this first. And when you open it, all of the other stuff is inside. It's like one of these gifts that keeps on giving. You want love, Romans 8.39. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, angels or demons, the present or the future, nor any power height or depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Provision. Everybody needs that now. Philippians 4.19. My God will meet all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Purpose. Ephesians 2.10. We're God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which he's created in advance for us to do. Peace. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Grace. I always thank God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. What do you want? It's in here. Second Corinthians 1.20 says, all of God's promises, everything he's ever promised is yes in Christ Jesus. You've got to open the Jesus box first if you want any of the other boxes. If you want love, if you want grace, if you want provision, if you want peace, if you want joy, if you want direction, if you want purpose, what do you want? All of God's promises, all of the good things that God wants to give you, 
He wants to give you. But they come in the Jesus box. They're all yes in Christ Jesus. You've got to open this box first, and then you get the rest. That verse, John 3.16, also says what God expects of us, and it's, it's pretty simple. For God so loved the world that whoever believes in Him. When we say belief, we mean think. I believe it's going to be cold tomorrow. I think it's going to be cold tomorrow. I believe some of you have spent the last 10 minutes wondering about my honey-baked ham stories. I think some of you have spent the last 10 minutes wondering about my honey-baked ham stories. That's not what God means. When you see belief or faith in the Bible, it means trust. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without trust, you can't relate to somebody without trust. That's the bedrock of every relationship. Relationship that there's not a high degree of trust, the relationship it doesn't go very far and it doesn't go very deep. Without that trust, it's impossible to, believe, to relate rightly to God. And so when he says, whoever believes, whoever trusts, what he means is this. It's not, it's not that I believe this stool will hold me up. I think it will. It's I believe that it will. And so I'm going to put my full weight on it. I trust that this stool can hold me up. Not, I think it will. I trust that it will. And I'm willing to put my full weight behind that. That is what Jesus is. That's what God is looking for. Whoever trusts Jesus, whoever puts their full weight on him, that person shall not die, but have eternal life. We're going to close up here. Real quick, let's just want you to close your eyes. We're going to pray. Some of you have never opened that gift. It's sitting there under your Christmas tree year after year after year. You've never put your trust in Jesus. And I would just ask, why not this Christmas? Why not? Some of you have one foot on the floor. You're sitting on the stool, but you still have one foot on the floor because you don't quite trust him fully. And I would say if you don't trust him fully in his world, you don't trust him at all. That's one thing that's all or nothing with him. Some of you have opened this gift, this Jesus gift, but some of those little boxes you haven't gotten. You haven't opened up this gift of love. You don't get that God loves you or provision or forgiveness or peace, joy. There's something missing. There's a good gift. There's a promise that God has made to you, and you have yet to receive that. And I would say, why not this Christmas? Just in your heart, if there's something that you need, just kind of zero in on that. And I'm going to pray for the Lord to give you that. God, we thank you that in Christ Jesus, all of your promises are yes. And sometimes it seems like you're really slow to make good, but you make good. And God, you know what's going on in the hearts of each person in this room, and I pray that those who need to receive something from you would do it this Christmas, that you would give to them 
God, even now, Christmas Eve, God, that you would deliver to them these good gifts, love, joy, peace, forgiveness for those struggling with guilt. God, that you would give to each of us in a way that we can understand. And God, I pray if there are any in this room tonight who've never said yes to you, who've never opened the big box, who aren't trusting you fully, that this would be the year that they say yes, that this would be the Christmas when they would say yes to you. You're a good God, and we can trust you with our life. And I pray that we would, in Jesus' name, amen. Y'all can stand. We're going to close with uh, a Christmas song. I would say if, if there's something going on in your heart and you want to talk to somebody, I'll be around.